Kia ora Victoria McLennan toko ingoa. Welcome to Bridging the Gap, a podcast that celebrates diversity here in Aotearoa, New Zealand's digital technology industry. I'm the CEO of IT Professionals, Te Pō Hangarau Nayo. From developers to programmers, product managers to designers, this field is filled with a wide range of individuals who bring unique perspectives and skills to their mahi. Join us as we delve into the stories and experiences of those who strive to bridge the gap and foster a more inclusive and thriving digital technology community here in Aotearoa, New Zealand. Kia ora, I'm here today with fabulous Raj. Kia ora, Raj. Kia ora, Vic. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. Hey, thanks for talking to me because I know you've just been sick and um, and so I completely understand that it's tough to do these kinds of things when you've got seasonal flu. Oh, I know. It's annoying, eh? I was just saying before, it sort of just slows you down and you can't do the things you want to do at the pace you want. But um, getting over it now, which is good, you know. Hopefully you don't get that cough that lingers that, you know, lots of people have had this year. Hopefully not, no. I don't have time for coughs, really. I just don't have to. There's no time for it now, you know, the way we live. <laughs> no time to be sick, right? <laughs> so I really appreciate you coming on to Bridging the Gap and talking to me. And the reason this is so special for me is you used to have a podcast that yeah. I was, I think, one of the first people you interviewed on that podcast many yeah. years ago. How long ago was that? I don't say how long, because, <laughs> oh, you know, it was last century or something. What was that? It was nine? a while ago, eh? Yeah. Could be nine years that we started. Yeah. Maybe more. Yeah. And yeah, you were our proper first interview after us faffing around for about three of them, <laughs> using various devices and, uh, uh, you know, experimenting. Then we thought, you know, let's get a proper one. Then, yeah, then we kicked off with the Vic. It was great. And it was such a good thing and really inspired me with this because it was really relaxed and I was having a chat. And mm-hmm. even though I've kind of got preset questions that I ask, I really like the having a chat aspect. That's all about it. It's the most fun part of, you know, existing is having good chats with people. Yeah. yeah. Well, how about to help people who are listening get to know you? Why don't you give our listeners your elevator or barbecue pitch on who you are and what you do? Ah, see, that's kind of hard. But I used to tell people I was in the life-changing business just because it made people go, hey, you know, um, because it's hard to explain what I do half the time. So what I meant by that was I, you know, we used the same creative tactics and strategies and uh, executions to tell stories that sort of mainstream and quotes would use. But I sell or, or try to market uh, change in people's behaviours to move countries, move cities, move jobs, move companies, find out the culture of companies and reasons why you'd want to join. So I use the same thing to do that. So it's sort of a bit of, you know, creative and, and recruitment and marketing all mashed together into a unique little thing we do. Yeah, that's sort of it. Then on the side, I consult with um, a couple of startups at the moment on, you know, branding and strategy stuff. Mm. And so you travel around with a camera and a microphone and tell people's stories pretty much. Yeah, Is that that's a good summary. Yeah. It's, um, it's more video production now. So in the last while, whatever, how many years I've been at Haynes, attract, um, we evolved it from just the standard talking heads, documentary style videos to telling full stories. So we can range from doing those documentary style videos. So that's why I love getting out and about around the whole country. I've got a story in almost every town of someone who's done a cool thing, you know, um, 
who works at a cool place. And so that evolved into uh, creating TV ads and short form videos and all sorts of stuff, showcasing people and their culture and the companies, you know? So um, yeah, it's, it's taken me all over the place. Actually, when I first got into it, it took me to Australia as well as Singapore. And then and recently I've just been years all over New Zealand. I've, every regional flight, I know what it's like and I know why no one likes going on them. Yeah. Good to know. So I just love talking to you every time we talk. I just love hearing the stories about who you've met and where you've been and it's mm-hmm. fascinating. But before you got into this kind of video production space, what were you doing before that and how did you get there? Well, I um before I joined um the recent company, Haynes Attract, I worked in the creative industry as graphic designer, web developing, different design, all that kind of stuff. Um and before that I was in the film industry just starting out, you know, running around in those horrible cold nights with, you know, the clapper boards and stuff like that. But um before I joined Haynes, I had a company of my own, which was in um digital marketing space. And so we spent time, you know, selling yellow pages stuff as well as Google stuff and mapping stuff and all sorts of other crazy things that eventually became regular banner advertising and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So we spent a bit of time doing that and then got out of that. Um, got a bit bored of owning, not bored, but annoyed about owning the business and then running it and then working in it and then pitching the clients. Mm-hmm. You know, the millions of hats everyone else wears that, that you know, will come on this podcast. Um, so I kind of like the idea of not having to run the business and just doing the work. So that's what Haynes enabled me to do when I joined Haynes. Got a call from the owner just as I wrapped up the other company. Um, and he said, yeah, come on over and blah, blah, blah. Have, a, have a look around and we'll see what we can do and have a look at what they do. So their projects were even bigger than what I was doing, way bigger. So I got quite interested in that. And then, you know, yeah, the green, the green you know, pasture sort of thing kicked in. You go, yeah, it is nicer over there. No accounting, you know, I don't have to worry about accounting. I don't have to worry about any you know, GST and all that hoopla. I just go in, do the job, and go home. You know, so I quite like that. Um, in the last few years, we've sort of just grown that side of that business to be what it is now. Yeah, nice. So, tell me about some of the you know you work in the in the more creative end of digital technology and and the digital part. Have there been any challenges that you've had to overcome while you've been working in this space? Uh, sometimes, yes. Um, so when we're pitching to clients, for example, certain ideas. Well, um, especially a few years ago um, when technology was kind of new, especially in things like VR, AR type of stuff. Um, had a creative director at the time. We spent a lot of time in Asia and then came back. And he goes, oh, I just want to do the AR experience um, where this happens. And I go, okay. I had to shop around and find out how to do that in Wellington. Um, at the time, there was a few places that were experimenting and figuring it out. Luckily, the client didn't go for it because it was going to be a massive headache to actually make it happen at the time. So that's where the tech sort of hindered some of our creativity going, oh, actually, you can't do it in New Zealand yet. But that was years ago. Now you can do whatever the hell you want as long as you've got the monies, which is um, the other problem we have. (laughs) We need a decent budget for some of these ones. But the tech is uh, sort of um, accelerated now. So there's so many things that we used to do back in the day of Photoshop 5 or whatever, you can do that mid-journey now. You know, it's all sorts of craziness yeah. out there now. So it's changed a lot. I mean, we do even collaboration via PowerPoint and Canva. Um, we're doing Photoshoppy stuff in, you know, Wally or Dali or whatever the hell I call it. I can't remember. There's Firefly now from Adobe. And, yeah, there's all sorts of crazy things we're going to play with. So, yeah, the tech sort of um, 
accelerated us in terms of how we do what we do. Changed a lot too. Yeah, it's good. Makes it really accessible though, doesn't it, yeah. to a lot of people. Mm. And I know you've always been really mindful and cognitive of diversity. And when you were doing the podcast, you and Mike, your um, collaborator, you were, that was back in a time where we only had 20% women in the industry, but you made sure your podcast was 50% women being showcased. Um, in your experience, why is diversity really important? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me, for us, um, what, in what we do, diversity of thought is quite useful, you know, otherwise you just tune out the same old stuff and eventually no one will want to see that stuff because it's the same old stuff. So what we found is um, having more interesting viewpoints in the room from different backgrounds, especially different, you know, people who have lived different lives, you know, it may, helps us um, do what we do quite well. So for us, because we are targeting people in terms of uh, we, we, our job's all about people, not selling you a can of V, right? So we've got to get in the heads of those people. Who are we going to try and attract to come back to New Zealand? Or who are we going to, which GP am I going to convince to go to the Waikato? You know, that kind of thing. So we need diversity to help us figure out things like that where we don't know certain things from our point of view. So you need to go research it or, or you know, you ring someone in the office who knows how mm -hmm. that is or what it's like to, you know, for example, immigrate from South Africa to come here. We used to pitch um, some ideas that would go to South Africa and bring engineers over and stuff like that. And um, the biggest thing for them was safety, right? And we didn't know that until we started talking about it with our South African buddies. So now that, that sort of thing has always been important for our, our, what we do, yeah. If you're an IT professional or aspiring to be one, we encourage you to check us out as New Zealand's only digital technology industry body who is focused exclusively on the people who work in this industry. We provide a range of resources, events and networking opportunities to help you grow your career and stay up to date with the latest trends and technologies. Visit our website at itp.nz or flick us an email info at itp.nz. So what was the moment or situation that made you think yes this is the thing for me this is what I want to be doing? Yeah I don't know um, I think it's a, a convergence of a bunch of things I like so you know, I like tech. I've always been a bit of a tech head anyway. I like creative stuff. Video and film production was awesome. And then coming to Haynes, for example, I managed to merge a bunch of those things together into one job. So I made the job my own really in the end. Initially, I think I was just coming on board to be a, a what do you call it, a digital producer or something. So, you know, making websites or something. And then I said, well, who does this? Oh, I know how to do that. Oh, who does this? Oh, yeah, I know how to do that. So I ended up being a de facto IT person for the Mac side of the business and a uh, creative director for this thing and then uh, oh this is our um, office manager for this thing and you know depending on what room or what meeting I was in the job title changed and just what I love doing variety is all about you know that's what I love doing is just being someone different every day <laughs> so yeah that's why um yeah I like all that kind of thing it's just um it converged a mixture of things like I like talking to clients I like translating what they say to devs I like talking to video people this is what we're trying to do and um yeah so I think it's just a the mixture of all the different things I like in life is all in one job at the moment, which is quite cool. And if there was someone listening to this who thinks, man, Ran just got the best job in the world and I really want to do that, yeah. what is the one piece of advice you'd give them on how to get started? Oh, right. Yeah, I'm talking to people about that now. I think it's just you've got to get, you just got to get started, what you just said. you just got to start doing stuff, producing work, trying things out researching and then the rest of it is just talking to people you know so when I first started I um 
was trying to get into the film industry back in the day, right? Straight out of film school. And the first thing they suggested to do is just go talk to everyone, go talk to everyone, get on set, even if it's for free and talk to people, how they do their thing and why they do it and all that kind of stuff. And that's the way to do it. It's a network chat to people just like now, right? The chat mm. um, always seems to help. Um, and someone will know somebody else who knows somebody who goes, oh, you know what? Oh, so-and-so is looking for a work in this area. Do you know you can help them out? And that's, I mean, that's kind of like what Wellington works like anyway, you know, uh, um, and in, in New Zealand in general. But I think you just got to start it. Otherwise, you won't. And I, and I can think of occasions where you and I have done that before, eh? where we've been, oh, do you know so-and-so or so-and-so is looking for something and connected yeah. people that need to be connected. And it's really powerful, isn't it? Yeah. So that's what it is, eh? getting into that sort of, not networking, eh? but just getting connected and just start talking to people and getting known around the place. And eventually, you know, things will happen the way you want. You just got to keep talking to people. Nice. Right. I'm going to change tack now and ask you my gnarly question. Oh, no. Yes, gnarly. If you could invent something to solve a wicked problem, what problem would you want to solve? Oh, yeah, 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 I've got one. Um, it's a weird one. It's a what I call an experience machine. So um, what we talk about when we do, you know, things like trying to attract talent, we go, well, what would the thing we need to do is what are they like? What's their life like? How do they um, live life in their shoes for a moment and figure out what floats yeah. their boat and why, why would you want to move or change or whatever? Um, so that's what it is. So an experience machine would be cool where you could plug in, right? I don't know if it's a matrix thing or whatever. Uh-huh. Um, you plug in and suddenly you're that person doing the thing and you, and you go, okay, this is what it's like. Damn. Um, so you could do something like that. Chuck on these magic shoes and the headset and go surfing overseas or or the people running from volcano uh, volcanoes right now, or people, oh, sorry, for the fires over in Maui and things like that. Yeah, okay, this is what it's really like. Far out. It's good to know. All those insights, I think, would help better decision-making. So you know, people, you know, could even a day in the life of a person who works in a ward somewhere or a day in the life of a person who um, picks up the rubbish or is, is homeless or whatever. Just I think that would give people more connection to what's going on, maybe a bit more empathy about what's going on. Yeah, that's really brilliant because I was I was talking to someone um from the Ministry of Education recently who was saying one of the things that frustrates them about their colleagues is none of them have ever spent a day in a school and oh, actually no. experienced what it's like to be in a classroom as a teacher, but they're setting policy that affects those teachers. So imagine, and then I'm always a big one about well, the schools don't want lots of bureaucrats rocking up and hanging out so imagine if you could do that even right. for that kind of scenario any, it would work for any industry any, oh, any so you want to figure out you go okay what's it like to be them that's what it is what's it like to be them there you go someone make that app or machine <laughs> i'd use it every day yeah. great <laughs> and raj will just put a claim on the patent yeah, someone patents it raj okay machine and, you know or something huh? and um, then yeah just send me five bucks all the time someone uses it sweet Happy day. Right. I've got some quick fire questions for you now. Yeah. If you had to choose between having a robot assistant running around after you're picking everything up or an AI virtual assistant taking the pain out of your workload, which one would you pick and why? I think I'd go for the painkiller. Um, yeah, I think I'd do that because, I mean, I don't like babysitters or micromanagers, so you don't want that. You want someone who can take the pain points out so you can get on with the focus work you actually need to do rather than all the bits and pieces, you know? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. 
What's the best tech gadget in your life? <laughs> um, it's a weird one. I mean, yeah, it's a boring one. This is my iPad mini, actually. Um, <laughs> so what I do with that is not what everyone uses it for. You know, um, I'm not on Netflix all day with it. I actually use it um, when I'm out and about because it's connected and all that kind of stuff. I'm connected to the office, to the scripts and storyboards I need on the on the day wherever I am. Um, plus, you know, all the other bits and pieces that go with having that kind of tech. Big iPhone on steroids with a bunch of scripts on it, basically. So I think that that's changed the game because I don't spend so much time running to the office printing out screeds of storyboards yeah. or images and all that kind of wasted, you know, killing trees all the time. So the iPad mini's changed, changed my life that way. That way I nice. can work from home, then get to the airport and go somewhere and not have to go print something out somewhere. It's all there, ready to go. Yeah. And what's the worst tech gadget in your life or that you've <laughs> bought or invested in? <laughs> so, yeah, this is a weird one. It's kind of dumb, eh? but um, I got this um, toaster off the airport store uh, and it, and it, for some reason, it, it's all flash. Eh? So I thought, oh, this will be cool. Wasted all these airpoints dollars getting it. And then it just burns your vocals. I mean, the thing that burns the edges of the vocals. <laughs> I'm going, well, what what technology muppet didn't think about that when they built this thing? You know, so that that one just frustrates you going, well, this is a flash toaster and it doesn't do what it's supposed to be, you know. <laughs> Good to know. Yeah. Now, I know that you give a lot of people help with their technology. What's the top tech tip that you find giving that you're giving people these days? Top tech tip. Most of the time, I'm telling people to um, put the tech down these days. Yeah. So uh, a lot of people are, you know, connected, very connected to their phones and things like that. So my tech tip is um, use the tech, but don't let it use you. So you're meaning nice. mindful of how you use it, you know. And so put the thing away. You don't need it. So I see a guy who just bought an Apple Watch. But um, I'm trying to use that instead of all the other ones within the phone and the tablet. And maybe I can get rid of one of those one day, you know? So, um, yeah, I think it's just be mindful of what you're using. Step away from it for a while because, you know, it gives yourself a headache trying to use all this stuff. And um, what I noticed is if you get out and about, even for a walk or something, it's actually quite a massive change in your day than being on the device the whole time. Yeah. So, yeah I, I love that. I um, am addicted to my Apple Watch, by the way. So good, good investment. <laughs> I'm yeah. still used, I'm used to trying to get used to it. And I'm thinking, oh, do I really need this or not? You know, so I'm still at that stage. Yeah. Changed my life. It was great. Um, and my final question I have blatantly stolen from you, Raj. What makes <laughs> you happy? <laughs> um, oh, oh, man, that's a hard question. Why would anyone ask that? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nine years asking that question, I was just used to yeah. stump a lot of people. Um, well, actually, for me, it's um, spending time with fun people. So either the great people I work with to do some cool stuff or traveling with mates or just hanging out, having a gin with a mate now and again, you know, that kind of stuff is um, what it's all about, really, just spending time with fun people. Otherwise, the rest of it doesn't really matter, you know. I like that. Thank you. It's a good answer. So do you want to just plug your work a bit more and tell us who you work for, what we need to know, or some of the other projects you're involved with. Here's oh, your yeah. opportunity. Okay. It's weird pimping yourself out. Um, so I'm, I'm <laughs> only under the radar type of guy, eh? But anyway, um, so painsattract.co.nz is where a lot of the workers that I'm doing at the moment, um, all the employer branding stuff, the recruitment marketing, all that kind of stuff, and all the videos and things are on our Vimeo channel. Um, I also work for a company called Ocean Flyer. They're a new 
company bringing electric sea gliders to New Zealand for that sustainable wow. thing that, you know. Um, so I've been working with them, doing the consulting and the branding and all that kind of stuff, a bit of marketing here and there. So they're on the track to, you know, and in a couple of years' time, have a bunch of sea gliders zipping around New Zealand to help our regional transport, which really, you know, scratched one of my itches about regional travel. I thought, oh, it'd be much easier to giving them one of these things and fanging around to, you know, Napier from Wellington in less time and no security and blah, blah, blah. And I'd be able to land somewhere, go do the job and go home quickly, you know? So anyway, that's a, a side thing I'm helping out with. But uh, most of the time I'm hands attracting, doing things like that. Um, and uh, I guess the easiest way to find more of that stuff is um, on my LinkedIn or Twitter or something like that. You'll find all the links there. Nice. I'll share those with the podcast so people can find you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. Really enjoyed the chat. I hope yeah, you did fun. too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we should have we should plug Kui Kui Lane, which is the best gin bar in Wellington. Um, we're trying to yeah, catch yeah, up yeah. for gins. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. um, I'll, I'll let you get back to your day. Kaki cool, thanks. Appreciate it. See you later. Kia pai tōra. Thank you for listening. Join me at the next episode of Bridging the Gap.